hearing the phrase, you have MS, can be shocking, upsetting and stressful for anyone. I know it was for me. I was really scared. The news was also frightening to a newly married woman in her early 30s. My biggest fear was if this disease does decide to take over more of my body, then how will I be able to support children? This is MS, a podcast about one of the world's most misunderstood diseases. I'm your host, Andrea. And like my guest today, I was diagnosed with MS in my early 30s. In this episode, I want to share with you what it's like to be newly diagnosed and how to navigate life with a disease that has no cure. This is Jessica's story. Two years ago, Jessica began to experience vision problems. She started to see spots in her right eye. Something is definitely wrong in my right eye. So it was my right eye only. Then she lost vision in that eye. My eye progressively just got darker and darker and darker. It actually went black. As scary as it was, she did try to remain calm. At the same time, being optimistic, the problem could be resolved. In my head, I believed that this is just a thing and I don't know what it is, but it will get better. And I, I'm not one to freak myself out. She made an appointment to see her optometrist, who then referred her to a specialist at the Ivy Eye Institute in London, Ontario. I would say I had a few cries in my car, especially when I first lost my vision and I didn't know what it was. And I was very scared that, like, I'd have to quit everything to get this eye sorted out. After a series of tests, it was determined that Jessica had a condition known as optic neuritis. According to the MS Society of Canada, the inflammation of the optic nerve presents as a sudden onset of visual blurring or loss of vision in one eye. Since it is the initial symptom for 16% of people with MS, Jessica was referred to a neurologist for more tests. Again, she prepared herself for the appointment by trying to remain positive about the result. I very much said, if this is MS and this is my only problem is that I can't see out of one eye. I'm obviously very fortunate. As part of her diagnosis, she underwent an MRI scan of her brain and spinal cord. She also had a lumbar puncture, or what is sometimes referred to as a spinal tap. This procedure requires for a small needle to be inserted at the base of the spine and a small amount of fluid to be collected to test for the presence of particular proteins, which are present with inflammation in the central nervous system. Doctors look for this because multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease of the central nervous system, brain and spinal cord. In May of 2019, Jessica's mom, dad and husband were all gathered at the appointment with her neurologist. When he confirmed the diagnosis, she dreaded the most. Everyone knew I had an issue with my eye. We just didn't know what it was. Jessica says one of the hardest things was looking at her mom after hearing the doctor say, you have MS. I teared up, but I absolutely was trying to stop the tears because my mom was crying. I was alone when I first heard those words from my doctor. I went into my appointment thinking that MS was the worst case scenario. No one in my family had MS. I was young and healthy. 
I mean, I had experienced tingling and numbness, but never any issues with my vision. So I was just blindsided by the news. After the initial shock wore off, Jessica says she found herself flooded with fear and anxiety about the future. I immediately thought, I need to have a baby ASAP. BMS Society says it's not unusual for people to imagine the worst possible outcome. Jessica was newly married. She and her husband hadn't even celebrated their one-year anniversary. They hadn't started a family yet. And she suddenly started to imagine herself not being able to care for her children in the future. If this progresses, I want to be able to hold my children. I, I think that was probably my, my biggest fear was if this disease does decide to take over more of my body, then how will I be able to support children? You can imagine all of the what-ifs that would run through your mind. You were just diagnosed with a disease that has no cure. Of course you would feel a little bit panicked. Causes a lot of people to feel very anxious. The MS Society explains people may feel a loss of control over their future after a diagnosis. They also may feel an obligation to protect loved ones from the pain and difficulties they expect to experience. They may believe that the best solution is to end a relationship. This is especially true for individuals in relatively new relationships. Thankfully, Jessica felt nothing but support from her husband, Brent. He was committed to help her take on the challenge together. He wants to be there to support me as much as I need. She found her parents wanted to talk more about the diagnosis than she did. I was the one who didn't necessarily want to talk about it. Jessica thinks they were just trying to wrap their brains around the disease and get a sense of how she would be feeling and how they could help. The next step after finding out you have MS is to choose a treatment plan. Some patients decide not to start medication. That decision should be done like everything else when dealing with MS with the help of your doctor. Choosing the right treatment plan is a big decision. And Jessica also had to consider a future pregnancy. MS does not affect women's fertility. However, according to the MS Society, some drugs used to treat MS may have an effect on the menstrual cycle and some medications are unsafe to use during pregnancy. In June of last year, Jessica began her treatment of a self-injection medication called Rebif. It required for her to inject herself with a needle under the skin three times a week. Rebif is available in a pre-filled syringe and as an electronic auto-injector. In order to learn how to self-inject, a nurse will visit your home and show you how to do it properly. There's typically no cost, and it's included part of your treatment plan. The nurse who came to my house was Evelyn. I remember her quite well and how she was very patient with me. As I couldn't do the injection at first, I did not have an auto-injector. I simply held the syringe in my hand. Every time I went to bring the needle towards my body, my brain kept telling my hand to stop because it was going to hurt. The fear was intense, and it took me over half an hour to sum up the courage to push the needle into my stomach for the very first time. What a rush when that part was over. 
I've been giving myself an injection every day for the past 10 years. It's just become habit, part of my daily routine every night before I go to bed. I hate doing it, but I know I have to continue my treatments because it's helping me. My MS has stayed in remission. There are times you may need help from someone else to do your needle. Jessica is grateful she has help from her husband to administer her needle. He's so cute. He practiced putting the needle in, so he knows how to do that. But he'll do the ones in my back. There are seven main injection sites on the body, including the abdomen, right and left thigh, the upper back of your right and left arm, and the back of your right and left hip. You learn all about this with nurse-led in-home injection training. Now, when using the auto-inject, it takes time to figure out the proper depth of your injection. For example, you can inject the needle deeper into your stomach because there's more body fat there than, say, on the back of your arm. Aside from figuring it out and getting past the fear of injection, there's the feeling of the medication going in. Longest eight seconds of my life when that needle's inside of me. I find if there's a tiny bit of medication on the outside of the needle when it goes into your body, oh, then that really stings. And then if you hit a muscle, that hurts. <laughs> Typical negative reactions to injections often include swelling, itchiness, redness, and pain. I take the medication at night times, so but I don't feel those symptoms from the medication. I also have a lot of bruising as a side effect. A helpful tip to reduce these types of side effects is to rotate your injection sites. And many MS drug therapy companies will send you a journal to keep track of your medication. Jessica says she struggled at first to get into a good routine of taking her medication three times a week. At the beginning, it was for sure like, oh, what day is it? And where did I do it last? It's a good thing there's a lot of help when it comes to the injections. She has high praise for the patient support program through her drug company. If she has questions or needs to order supplies, a nurse is always just a phone call or email away. As well, supplies are delivered to your home at no additional cost. This is pretty standard for most MS medications. As Jessica navigates her new life with MS, one of the challenges she currently faces is thinking about how other people perceive her. She has a fear of feeling alone while living with this disease. Because that's probably one of the scariest things too, is like, will people be able to connect with you? I don't want to create a sob story. MS Society wants people to know that they're not alone. Support is available to share common experiences, fears, challenges, and successes. Jessica's also concerned that down the road, she may have to move to support her husband's career as a drummer and filmmaker. Seems to cause her a lot of anxiety to think about having to leave the city where she currently lives. I know there's neurologists everywhere, but I feel like I'm finally in a comfortable place here with knowing my doctors and where my support is. So moving is definitely a fear. Her job is a visual retail merchandiser. She remains physically capable to do her work despite her vision troubles. Still a big gray cloud. When you look out, out the window, it just is like a big white light. She's grateful her only struggles with the disease seem to be with her eyesight. Her gut tells her her eye will never be the same again. Nah, this is never coming back, but that's okay because the brain is very smart. I can 
see very clearly out of my other eye. The one thing Jessica has learned since her MS diagnosis is to be more present. She isn't spending too much energy focusing on what life was like before MS. And instead, she's moving forward with life as it is today. Yeah, I I try not to think about the bad things that could happen because I don't want to have anxiety. Don't worry about what happened and what's to come. On June 27th of this year, Jessica posted publicly for the first time about her MS on her Instagram account. I'll just read part of what she wrote here. I've been debating, sharing this for a long time now. So I guess now is the time. Just over a year ago, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. This past year and a half has been a completely new adjustment to the loss of partial vision in one eye, to diagnosis, new medication, and emotions going left, right, up and down. Admitting it out loud is the hardest part, but I'm doing my best to not let this disease define me. If you'd like to connect with Jessica, I'll put a link to her Instagram in the show notes. I didn't think I would do that, but it's something in my belly was saying, I think you should just post about it. It's okay. This is your life. It's okay. And it will be okay. There are plenty of MS warriors around to guide and support you throughout your journey. This podcast aims to be an educational tool and a place to connect with others' shared experiences. I think it's interesting to hear people's stories, whatever they are, because I think we all relate deep down to some degree how you're feeling about something about the disease or whatnot. Just a few days ago, Jessica and her husband celebrated their two-year wedding anniversary. I'd like to thank my guest, Jessica, for coming on the podcast and being so open about her journey so far with MS. I know it's hard because you're still wrapping your head around it all, still trying to figure it out, still wondering what's going to happen to your body. But thank you for being brave and sharing what you're able to. I know this will bring comfort to other people who just heard the words, you have MS. If this is the first time you've listened to This Is MS, please go back and take the time to check out the other stories I've shared. Do me a favor, tell your friends about This Is MS. I would love it if you gave our show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This Is MS is written and produced by me. Audio editing and sound design is by Rob Johnston. If you have a question about one of the episodes, you can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Team Dunner. This is MS, created with support from the MS Society of Canada. A proud presentation of the Curious Cast Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.